Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is the Buffy Podcast by a Scooby and a Newbie. Hellmouth? Hellmouth. I really think we should have gone with the Canadian angle. We've gone with the Canadian angle before. Once. <laughs> That's not enough? I'm sorry. <laughs> ah, 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 I don't know what ah. you're talking about, Dave. About. Ah, <laughs> we're so terrible. We're, oh, we're awful people yeah. who speak poorly. We just, we're charming. I think we have that. <laughs> <laughs> like hillbillies. <laughs> but from the north. Yeah, like Canadians. Hillbilly wildlings. Is that? Yeah. yeah. This is episode four, season two, Inca Mummy Girl, original air date, October 6th, 1997. <laughs> this is the episode that stars a teleporting Incan pirate. <laughs> and frankly, they should have called the episode that. He should have been in way more of this episode. <laughs> he is far more interesting than the stupid mummy chick. So, Michaela, what are your feelings, just briefly, on this episode? I did not want to watch it. No? But then you turned around once you were watching it and realized it was great, right? There are moments in it that made me go, hey, this is kind of a landmark episode for a few reasons. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And so, I mean, those aspects of it I liked, but, oh, God, I hate everything <laughs> about Xander and the mummy. Uh, yeah? Anyway, You're not a fan of that? <laughs> hmm. I have a different opinion. I'm actually kind of fond of this episode. Wow. Mostly for the, like, oh, wow, that's... Thing happened for the first time ever. There are some parts of it that made it worth it for me, but I still, upon sitting down, was not pumped. Let's put it that way. Also, my impression of this episode may have been somewhat influenced by the fact that I watched it on a train <laughs> and there was a train attendant practicing his magic slash stand-up act through about half an hour of it. So it might be a lie to say that I was paying attention to this episode. That's okay. I have extensive notes, so we don't really need your full attention. That's, That's fair. fine. This episode starts off with an exchange student program coming to Sunnydale. Sunnydale is bringing in students from all over the globe, it seems, with no rhyme or reason. <laughs> That's a good point. They are coming from just everywhere. everywhere. So I'm, I'm guessing I'm going to be alone on this whole fashion thing for the first <laughs> half or so. <laughs> I mean, I don't have any notes for the first good while, yeah. Well, let's start Let's start strong. We're, we're kind of going back to season one with what Buffy is wearing in this scene. This is a strong season one episode in oh, a lot yeah. of ways. And like this Buffy's outfit would not convince you otherwise. <laughs> She's wearing a crop top. She's wearing a miniskirt. She's oh, wearing yeah, she those is. sunglasses. Oh God, she is. Willow is wearing a horrifically matching outfit. <laughs> I say horrifically just because it matches so well that it might as well be a bodysuit. It's like a beige sweater with beige <laughs> pants. And like a, there's a skirt in there that maybe has a <laughs> one other color in it, but is also fairly beige. Mm. And Xander is, as always, dressed like a 35-year-old. <laughs> he is really rocking that five o'clock shadow this episode. Oh, God. He looks so old. <laughs> oh, so old. Because I think they were also trying to make him look just like less awkward and stuff in general because he's trying to impress the, the chick. People are talking about the exchange students that they'll be receiving. And Cordy says about hers, isn't he lunchable? <laughs> She's always talking about eating men. <laughs> She said that Angel was salty goodness. Oh, God, I hate that phrase so much. 
But yeah, they've got like a catalog of the exchange students that they have pictures in. I love it. It's so yeah, weird. It's super weird. So yeah, Cordy's hella hyped. She's got a sweet like halter dress with little people over it. I don't know what yes, it's, it, what it, it's it about. does have people. What <laughs> yeah. is with that? <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty great though. I think I mean, it looks, looks nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. It's a good dress. Xander is back on the jealous train, oh, taking us right back into God. season one because Buffy's having a boy stay with her and this in Xander's opinion will not do so we've had like some feedback about how negative we are towards Xander (laughs) and I want to listen to that and be like no he's a really positive character so I'll make sure to highlight the good things about him in this episode but there's some bad things as well I'm sorry guys I think that we're pretty clear that we are later going to love Xander yeah later Xander's great we want to get to that place we want to like Xander it's just that it's very difficult when he's acting the way he is yeah and I feel like people haven't watched season one and they have a different opinion of Xander based on later seasons because I certainly did (laughs) this this like extensive breakdown of season one really kind of colored my my opinion of Xander. Mm-hmm. And I actually remember like I was reading something online where someone was going off about how much they hate Xander. And I was like, Xander? Who hates Xander? That's a crazy <laughs> thing to think. Yeah. Reasonable, so rational people hate Xander. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So they're on a trip to the museum. Ooh, museum. Is it somehow to do with the student exchange or is this just That's like, an a excellent question. <laughs> I think it's just a coincidence. Okay. I think. Okay. Like, it just seemed like they were, they were introducing a lot of elements all at once that seemed like they wouldn't be related. Mm-hmm. We get a named secondary character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In contrast to any of the vampires we've seen this season other than Spike and Drew. Humans get names. That yeah. is very racist. Including Rodney Munson, who is a real stupid bully. What's he up to in this scene? Like... He's defacing museum property and capturing the scrapings in a bag. Okay, so I didn't read that wrong. He's scraping bits off of an ancient mask, right? Into a bag. That he's presumably gonna smoke. What? (laughs) I don't know. Isn't that what hooligans do? They smoke things? Probably, yeah, you're right. Oh, this is true to life. He's just like in the middle of the museum in full view of everyone scraping at this ancient mask thing. Uh, He is super early thousands. He is so far ahead of the curve. Most of his hair is like semi-permed, like it's kind of curly, it's bleached blonde. The front of his hair, though, is swept back. So Mm. like the rest of it's curly, but the front is swept back. And he's wearing a (laughs) tracksuit. Listen, he is ahead of the fashion game, for sure. So Rodney Munson, well done, sir. Willow, of course, knows who he is. Mm-hmm. And Buffy is going to go stop him. And they're like, no, Buffy, <laughs> we, don't need, we don't need violence to solve this problem. I wasn't going to use violence. I don't always use violence. Do I? The important thing is, you believe that. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Buffy. Yeah. It's nice that you think that, (laughs) pretty much. Uh, We get to see the museum guide who, in contrast to Rodney, who is ahead of the curve, this guy seems to have stepped out of the late 70s. (laughs) It's not quite a zoot suit that he's got on, but it's something ridiculous, and he's got an insane mustache-goatee combo. (gasps) He works at a museum, Dave. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He has to dress like that. It's accurate. He's giving them... A tour of the cursed mummy. Ooh. All right. So we've got several elements here. We've got an ancient mummy, a distracted yep. tour guide, 
a cursed seal with the mummy and some douchebag running around messing with some exhibits. What could possibly go wrong? I actually had a revelation in this scene. <laughs> I realized something that I have not ever realized before. What's and that? all of a sudden, like, I made this connection and I'm like, I'm so stupid. It's so obvious. So they, they're up, they're standing beside the mummy. Yeah. Lying in her, in her mummy, mummy case. Mm-hmm. And they start to discuss this whole exchange student thing again. Yeah. And Buffy's like, oh, the guy's name is Impata and he's coming oh! to the bus station tonight. And that's how she knows where to find him. Oh, that makes so much sense. Because if you don't realize that, as I never did, you're the like... The entire episode falls apart. How does she know any of this information, right? I figured she could read minds. Because they basically say this information and then they like cut to the mummy face. <laughs> yeah. To make you be like, she's listening. Which, if you think about it, she does kind of uh, allude to later when she says she learned English oh, yeah. from her travels. How horrific is that? <laughs> like, she's just aware for centuries. She's batshit crazy. Oh, 100%. Right? Like, yeah. she's so crazy. Take a bit of Black Mirror Christmas special and, yeah, zap it in here. Like, 500 years? No, at you're least. totes insane. Totes insane. But anyways, yeah, to clear that up, that's how she knows about the bus station. All right. Well, with the stage set, we have Rodney creeping around because if there's an exhibit, he's going to deface it. <laughs> this kid. He's like, look at this cool seal. I'm going to take on it. it. Oh no, it broke. So there's a walk in real life that you might do to be inconspicuous. <laughs> this is yeah. a walk of confidence. You just sort of go where you're going, pretend like you should be there, and it works a surprising amount of the time. People 100% buy that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's also a walk that actors do when they want to convey inconspicuousness on screen. Which of these things is Rodney doing? Like, he's doing Scooby-Doo walk. Yep. Like, Like, crouched. the way that they would walk through, like, a haunted mansion. Walking from light to light? <laughs> So as to be seen better. Like, if anyone were within a mile of him, they would see him. <laughs> but luckily, the museum is deserted. Yeah. So he takes the seal, breaks it promptly, and the mummy's hands just break out and strangle him. We got some, some sweet eye-opening effect. Ah, uh, this is, yeah. I'm so glad there isn't much puppetry in this because Buffy's <laughs> terrible at puppetry. <laughs> <sighs> That's our cold open. Woo! So, Rodney's... Dead. I mean, I'm not saying he's got his comeuppance, but... <laughs> I was certainly hoping for this. ...valuable lesson about defacing museum property. I don't think he learned anything. I think he's dead. In the split second before he died, <laughs> he did learn something. Hubris! <laughs> Just wasn't useful anymore. All right. Uh, so after our cold open, the library is once again closed <laughs> for Slayer training. Poor Giles. He has a pad. I don't know why he volunteers for these things, because that pad cannot be doing anything for him. Zero things. And Buffy's <laughs> just taking all of her anger out on him. <laughs> well, he doesn't want Buffy to go to the dance, and she wants mm-hmm. to go to the dance, so she punches the pad until he relents. Yeah, that's basically it. She uses violence to solve her problems. <laughs> it's a good idea. And at one point, she mocks him, saying that he, like, wants a scone. <laughs> Damn right he wants a scone. Scones are delicious. Right? Fuck you, Buffy. Have you ever even had a scone? (laughs) 
probably not. Otherwise, she wouldn't be mocking scones. Xander talks to Buffy about how he's always been in love with her. Not really. But <laughs> basically about how he's all jealous of, like, a guy sharing space. And Buffy's like, hey, so you've heard of Willow, right? And he's like, ah, oh, yeah, me and Willow, we're best buds. Completely friends and nothing more. And of course, as with all TV, Willow walks very silently into the room. Yeah, just as he's saying this. Yes, overhears. What he's saying about her isn't unkind. No, no, not It's just at how all. he feels. Yeah. He's, he's just like, she's my best friend. I don't think of her that way. And so, I mean, that probably hurts to hear, but mm-hmm. he's never, okay, barring that one time with the ice cream, <laughs> he's never really acted like anything else. Yeah, except she's always the backup that he can go to when his other plans fall through. And he does like how she fawns over him. Yeah. That's true. Like when she stops doing that with uh, Malcolm in episode eight, he gets all pissy about it. Right. So yeah, again, he's not perfect. Willow's sad about this. Yeah, it's this is a really heartbreaking episode for Willow in general. It is, yeah. But Rodney is missing. And... (laughs) How fast do they figure it out that it's the mummy? <laughs> so first of all, okay, Willow comes in and he, she's like, oh, Rodney's missing. Trouble with Mr. Munson again? His parents say he never came home last night. How does she know that? <laughs> uh, because Willow was tutoring Rodney in chemistry. Oh, that's why that whole piece of dialogue was relevant. I'm learning so much about this episode. <laughs> This is an episode that makes you pay attention. It really does. So yeah, uh, they're like, Hey, maybe he awakened the mummy. (laughs) Right, and it rose from its tomb. (laughs) And attacked him. And then they're like, wait. Oh no, fuck, that's it. (laughs) It's so so contrived. I get that it's a joke, but it's still so bad. (laughs) They needed this to happen in less than 15 seconds, and this was the obvious way. Right, because they, they need, like, that's not really the point of the episode. No, no, not at all. And so they needed to figure it out really absurdly fast. <laughs> yeah, I. it's Sunnydale. Like, this is meant to make you think, oh yeah, there is always weird shit happening. This does make sense. Guys, it does not make any sense that this would be what they think of. The only way I can defend this is that they knew that Rodney was at the museum. And yeah. so presumably that's, that could be where he disappeared, which could mean that this mummy that they found out about, and they know about his penchant for destroying museum property. Oh, yeah. So I'm not saying that, that this makes any sense. <laughs> I'm just saying that as far as first guesses go, they got lucky. Fair. So they go investigate the museum. They find that the mummy is still there. That's cool. But the seal is broken. Oh, no. But before they can do too much... <laughs> The teleporting Incan pirate shows up for the first time. Silently, out of nowhere, swings a knife at Xander, who keeps his head amazingly. Holy fuck, Xander does so well in this scene. But yeah, this guy shows up. He's wearing, like, he's wearing pirate gear, right? Yeah, nothing about it says, like, Incan to me. Did you recognize this guy? No. Wait, is this... This can't be. I'm going to tell you about this guy, Dave. Okay. His name is Gil Birmingham. Okay, fuck. It isn't. He's actually like an actor who you're probably going to recognize from some stuff. In Veronica Mars, Mm -hmm. he plays a Native American casino owner. Okay. In Twilight, he plays a Native American member of the wolf pack that Jacob (laughs) is also a part of. And in Kimmy Schmidt, he plays the Native American father of whatever Jenna's name is. (laughs) What? What? Oh, shit. 
This I'm guy's amazing. That he doesn't look Incan, he looks Native American. Ah, basically the same thing, just south. <laughs> so yeah, this guy's amazing. And like, this is one of his first roles, like maybe the <laughs> third one on IMDb or something. Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, the pirate who has like a, a flouncy white shirt on, the brown pants, and then a oversized belt. Like, he seriously looks piratey. And, and a like, ponytail. The knife. Even the knife is kind of piratey. Yeah, he's modern, right? He didn't come from the past. Why does he have a knife? Where did he come from? Where did he come from? Like, was he created by the seal breaking? I, he can't have been. Because he's, he's a real person. He's not mystical. Yeah. Is this just an order of people that have for centuries defended the mummy from waking up? If they are, he did a really shit job. He did a terrible job. <laughs> the first kid to come in and mess with the seal basically woke the mummy. Oh, anyway, yeah, he sees the mummy in the tomb and he's like, oh, okay. And he just runs away. Again, like, just vanishing. This guy can straight up teleport. He is a much better Batman than Angel. Ooh, that's very true. Yeah, he's yeah. much better. Although he wears a lot of white, which is not very <laughs> Batmanly. Yeah, but when you can teleport, it doesn't really matter if you blend in with the night. <laughs> right, that's true. Uh, anyway, as they're about to leave, Willow realizes that this corpse is actually Rodney. It's not the mummy. Because it has braces on, just like Rodney did. Okay, so I understand that they don't really investigate the mummy initially, but even like a cursory glance, <laughs> I feel like it should tell you, gee, that's maybe not the same person as was in there before. Yeah, you'd think so. Like the hair is different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know if the mummy took Rodney's clothes. Yeah, I think she did. I'm pretty sure she did, because she's wearing clothes when we next see her. Well, no, because first she like, she takes Impata's clothes. Oh, yeah, What's she right. wearing before that? Uh, nothing. Oh. Yep. So she didn't take his clothes. Nope. So he's wearing his tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, the mummy has some, <laughs> some power to make other people that were once alive look like mummies. And then the Scoobies just leave the museum. They're like, well, we got a part of a seal. Better just go and research that because that's our best bet. So I'm assuming they leave Rodney's corpse in How the thing? How did they even get in the museum? And steal the seal from the museum? Like, wouldn't someone who worked at the museum have found that and thought to themselves, gee, this looks like it should not be broken? This episode leaves so many questions. It doesn't matter how many them. revelations we have. God, <laughs> it's never going to be good. We finish off with Buffy being like, oh, wait, shit. I was supposed to pick up Empata, the foreign exchange student from South America at the bus station like an hour ago. Which is pretty Oops. awkward. Yeah. Is this when they're like, hey, maybe Impata can help us translate this seal. And you're like, how? Right? Does he read Incan? <laughs> right? And, and just because you're from the same region of the world, <laughs> it's like, here's a 500-year-old thing. What do you think? That's ridiculous. Yeah, someone hands me, what, Chaucer? I'm like, um... <laughs> no. This looks no, like some weird German thing. I don't know. <laughs> Ask a German person. <laughs> right, so we see... Empata. Mm -hmm. Poor, poor Empata. <laughs> Who's in the, the episode station. for 15 seconds. 15 seconds. And uh, there's some creepy whispering. Someone's mm -hmm. saying, Empata. <laughs> Which, if you didn't realize that they had said the name in front of the mummy, would seem super crazy. I thought she could read minds. That's honestly what I thought. Yeah. I mean, there, nothing else makes any sense. No. And uh, yeah, no, we get to see that sweet, sweet mummy life drain happen. Mm -hmm. This is the worst kiss ever, though. Man, <laughs> gross. 
I do not want this to happen to me. Thank you. As far as effects go, I thought it was okay. Oh yeah, it's really well yeah. done. Yeah. But this is why I try to be punctual, Michaela, because uh, when I'm late, the person who's waiting for me could just get their soul sucked out. You never know. She was pretty lucky that Buffy was so tardy. <laughs> Yeah. Because this was literally her only plan, wasn't it? I think so. Man, she's pretty resourceful for someone so crazy. (laughs) Very resourceful. (laughs) Buffy shows up at the bus station like 40 minutes late and she's looking around for Impata and a smoking hot young teen of the womanly variety comes out and is like, I'm Impata. (laughs) You're like, "Uh, okay. They were pretty explicit that it was a guy. But sure. They were very explicit. Not only that, but there's that very handy dandy uh, book of faces that Buffy just never bothered to look at. (laughs) Gee. Oh, that's convenient. Thanks a lot, Buffy. And no one did? Like, Cordy (laughs) didn't bother checking for her? I bet Cordy would have to be like, oh, mine is so much hotter than yours. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's what drives Cordy. No, it's totally true. Xander is, of course, immediately on board now that it's a sexy lady. And this is why I say that he's so gross, guys. Like, no one is this hypocritical. No one else in this show. He literally is doing, a, like, a full 180 yeah. in, in one second after he sees that she's attractive. That's it. That's all it takes. He knows nothing else about her. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> so we take Empata back to the Summer's home. And she starts to say some things, <laughs> which brings us into our first segment of the evening. Oh, yeah. Technically correct. It was a regulation date that ended in regulation disappointment. Yes, but you only stamped it four times. <gasps> no, no, I was young and reckless. Bureaucrat Conrad, you are technically correct. The best kind of correct. Guards, bring me the forms I need to fill out to have her taken away. Oh, she's doing that sweet vampire thing where she says things that aren't lies, except that there's a lot of information she's leaving out that would probably be pertinent to your understanding. And it's not just like technically correct. I kind of struggled with this because it's it's like the hinting at someone because you're smarter than them. So Angel and Darla have both got a chance to do this. Fritz did it in episode eight where he was like, oh, you'll die when you see my new project. Like, what the fuck? It's all these jackass Buffy villains saying things that are true, but are horribly misleading. And Empata says, like, she has been taken to New York, which the phrasing is super weird. I guess she's ESL, so they just pass it off as that? The way that she said it, it sort of sounded like she was an important, like, princess or the daughter of someone important who was being taken around but not really allowed to go outside because it'd be dangerous or whatever. She does say that she didn't get out to see the cities that she's been to. She says something about, like, learning English from listening to people. Xander does a really gross thing about, like, well, I'm good at talking. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Xander's, like, weird fake laughter was really getting me (laughs) down in this episode. And I was watching a magician. (sighs) Yeah, that's true. You were having a good time. A great time. But you know what, Dave? Her and Buffy are are so similar. They're both chosen. I know, they're both the chosen one. I know. God, I get it. They didn't want to be chosen. Yes, they're both chosen ones. (laughs) Did you did you notice that? I picked up on it. Thanks. <laughs> oh god. 
Let's get to the next scene. scene. Next scene. Next scene. Yes. Okay. So, so, so. Cordy has an older boyfriend who's called like Kevin or something. He's in a band, right? He's implied to be older. She's like, oh, I don't want to be a groupie. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Because who else is in this band, Michaela? Oz. It's fucking Oz. What the fuck? I didn't even realize. Oh my God. It's so good. It's Oz. He's Seth Green. He's tiny. He's super 90s. Tiny 90s. Uh, do you remember last episode when I told you you were going to be super pumped about something? Oh my god. This episode has a couple of those. This is the first it and this. it's the best. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Okay. So this is amazing. I love seeing Oz. He's talking about girl trubs where Calvin's like, oh, getting girls super easy. They don't even have to talk. Blah, blah, blah. He's gross. Whatever. Blah. Uh, <laughs> so yep. he's, he's implied to be older than Cordy and it's setting up like a kind of creepiness thing of oh it's super weird that this guy in the band is dating someone younger oz is even portrayed as being older so they're gonna do a 180 on this pretty quick he is older than them but he is still in high school okay because right now they're like what are they grade 11 is that yeah uh, that's grade, not accessible no, 10, to non-canadians in, in season two? Oh no yeah no. they're in grade 11 no. yeah What's yeah. that called in American speak? Sophomore? Maybe. Sophomore than senior? I don't know. It's the one before senior. Is it junior? No. Freshman, sophomore, junior, senior? Probably. I don't fucking know. <laughs> this <laughs> is all matter. a crazy system. Anyway. Yep. Why don't you just use numbers? Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kevin's actor, how old do you think he is? Did you look this up? Oh, no. Oh, I didn't. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So... Charisma Carpenter is 27. She's dating an older man in this episode, and he is 25. What? (laughs) (laughs) He's younger than her. (laughs) I can see it. Yeah. (sighs) But maybe that's why she has that giant hair clip in to make her to make her look younger, right? Oh, maybe. This is also the first scene where she's uh, shitting all over Sven. Oh yeah, poor Sven. Poor Sven. Her totally lunchable Swedish uh, exchange student. Yeah. Yeah, they don't seem to be getting along. I have in my notes a few, I'll say insensitive names that I called Empata. I shouldn't make fun of someone because their name is different than names I usually encounter. Except for Devin or Kevin or whatever his name was. Anyway, except for any of Cordy's boyfriends, I shouldn't make fun of their names. Oh, and Marcy. Hmm. (laughs) Anyway, this means... This means I will not be calling her Enchilada. That's not sensitive. I will not be calling her empanada, which is, I believe, another food item. Oh, yeah. Also, that's a lot of not food. sensitive. <laughs> no. I will be calling choices. her empada. Okay, so I mean, I called her Impy and Impsy. <laughs> like, once I found out how her name was actually spelled. Oh, it's not spelled like empanada? <laughs> it's I M P A T A. Oh, man, I got that entirely wrong. All of my notes are incorrect. I had to look it up because I it was hard to tell. But yeah, Impy was what I was calling her most of the mm-hmm. time. So they take Impy to go see Giles. <laughs> oh, so gross. <laughs> Just one one quick question. How did you feel about Seth Green's hair color and facial hair choices? I uh, loved both of them, unequivocally. I'm not a huge blonde Oz <laughs> fan. Like, there are going to be a lot of different hair colored Ozes. I can imagine. And I'm not 
a huge blonde fan, but I mean, it's I'm kind all of ginger. It is sort of like a strawberry blonde, yeah. He definitely has goatee with the mustache to go along with it. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I'll probably develop opinions on this as I see him more because oh, I, I basically forget everything about him other than that he's a werewolf. He's a what? 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 You what? He's a what? He's a music man. <laughs> they take uh, they take Impata to go see the G Man because yeah, she's Spanish. She can help them <laughs> it's translate so flimsy. this ancient Incan artifact. And Giles is basically like, hey, nice to meet you. Translate this. (laughs) (laughs) So good. He is all business. (laughs) Anyway, she does not like the seal. She is awkward around it. She's like, bury this. Yep. Yeah, it's bad news. Get rid of it as quickly as possible. My only thought here is like, why didn't she just accidentally drop it? Right. And like have it smash into some more pieces. Yeah. She's going to be leaving. It's fine. She doesn't need to be. Yeah. I don't know. Buffy's lipstick in the scene is no bueno. Well, I'm going to read you this, what I wrote down. God, that's some light fucking lipstick buffs. Oh, God. It's light yeah. purple. She's got a good uh, bit of eyeshadow going on that she should not have. Questionable uh, at best. Yeah. And so, like, they tell her that the reason that they're they're doing this whole seal thing is that they're in an archaeology club. Archaeology club! Sure, sure. No problems there. But wouldn't Impata realize that, like, they had to have stolen this from the museum? <laughs> like, yep. Wouldn't she put two and two together there? What did we say about asking questions about this episode, <laughs> right. Michaela? We shouldn't do it. So she tells them that the the man with the knife, or as Giles called him, the chappy with the knife, mm. is a bodyguard for the mummy. Yeah, and she is a reliable source of information about this. Cool. Yeah, everything about her body language is super reliable, and they should definitely trust her. <laughs> and then I forget exactly what happens, but Willow is super sad because Xander's such a fucking asshole. He's like, oh, I'll show you around while Buffy has oh, to go yeah, do question no. mark. Oh, poor, poor Willow. And so then they go hang out on the bleachers like all high school kids do. Yeah, Xander tries to impress Empata by pulling a Twinkie out of his backpack and shoving the entire thing in his mouth. Can we just have like think about how many times he probably had to shove that whole Twinkie in his <laughs> mouth? <laughs> <laughs> because it's not even like he like shoves it in his mouth like, eats it and then gets to say the rest no, of the scene. No, the entire scene is done with Twinkie in his mouth. <laughs> so he just has to shove that stupid Twinkie in his mouth <sighs> as many times as it takes. I know that Xander is not his actor, but this does make me feel like some comeuppance has happened in some way. It makes me feel better to know this. Uh, anyway, Xander's got terrible moves. This seems to be, like, his idea of a good time. But it's working, Dave. Oh, for some reason. Because, I mean, I think we know the reason. Yeah. She's she's... she's basically been trapped and had no human contact for 500 years. We'll come to this. (laughs) Give it a couple scenes and we will circle back around to this. Good. I'm very excited. Uh, I think we have like a little little interspersed scene where they're translating the seal horrifically fast. Because again, they don't have time for plot. Fuck no. Yeah. And then our favorite teleporting pirate shows up again <laughs> at the top of the bleachers. I know. At the I top mean, of them. He has to be teleporting. How did he get up there? It's never mentioned that he can teleport, but it's clear that he can. Like, there's no other explanation. So why doesn't he just teleport to her and kill her? What's happening? What are his goals? Anyway, he attacks the date that's happening, and I use that term very loosely for a Twinkie in the mouth. 
Yeah, Twinkie in the mouth session, nope. And that's not innuendo either. That's so anyway. oh, gross. <laughs> The Incan pirate tries to kill Xander while also questioning him about the location of the seal. <laughs> I'm like, one at a time, dude. Either kill him first and then ask him questions or do the other way around. Not both at the same time. And so then I wondered, maybe he doubts his ability to kill the mummy with the knife and he would rather just like put the seal back together. Yeah. Because who knows? Maybe she's not killable with that knife. Mm, maybe. Maybe. <sighs> As far as being whatever he is, the guard of the seal or whatever, he, he has very little information about it. Yeah, he's not a useful human. And Pata is like all shaken up because she's just been attacked with a knife. And she is sitting with the Scoobies, wants the seal destroyed, and Xander's about to tell her basically everything. So at this point, he's known her for like less than 24 hours. hours. Yeah. yeah. And he just, he just trusts her for some reason, Dave. What can I say, Michaela? True love. True love. Uh, so they all give him a look like, what are you doing, you <laughs> moron? And he's like, we're in the crime club. Mm, yeah, not the archaeology club, the crime club. Good cover, Xander. Like, does that mean there are a bunch of vigilantes? <laughs> yes. I mean, it's not a club. It's illegal. Right. right. Oh, there is such a good scene amidst this crap. <laughs> I really like some of the stuff that happens around this episode, not necessarily in it, but around it. Because here, I think possibly for the last time, we see Willow have a super touching scene where she just gives up on ever dating Xander. It's a good question if it's going to be for the last time. Because we've seen it before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, for sure. This is not the first time it's happened. But no, she realizes that Xander's really into this girl, and she's mm -hmm. like... Hey guys, why don't you go to the dance? Wait, maybe that's later. Whatever. She realizes yeah. that no, it's not going to work out. She is not going to try to third wheel Xander. And she's just going to give up. And I'm like, good job, Willow. You can do so much better. She really can. And soon, hopefully, she will. Mm. After having, I'm assuming, broken into the museum once already, Buffy and Giles are going to break back in there to try to complete the seal because that seems like a good idea just for research purposes. Is is that what they're doing? They haven't actually realized that that's going to fix everything? I don't think I so. Don't I'm know. pretty sure I've got that in my notes. Is like, oh, now they figured it out really quickly. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter. They'll figure it out immediately. Yeah. Buffy sweater, it's not quite a V reverse V like we're used to, but it does have a single button done up just over the breasts super super early 2000s oh yeah so good yeah they're ahead of their game man this is still 97 isn't it i mean cutting edge of fashion right yeah absolutely like it's blurred as well late 90s early 2000s yeah. where where's the line then uh, xander asks anya out <laughs> Uh, and it goes it goes super well, and we get a quick callback to the praying mantis, which I super wanted to hear. Yeah, God. I mean, no one wanted to hear that. But yeah, no, like, for all of Xander's nonsense, he's just basically like, hey, I like you, let's go to the dance together. And you're like, that was very direct and surprisingly mature. And then Impata agrees because, and this leads into our second segment, Xander, I hardly know her. And it's a game we call Avenger, I hardly know her. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's good. They're in love, Dave. And it's real. Can we characterize the type of women that Xander attracts? 
I mean, this is going to be a running joke. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But it's getting set up and I think uh, there's a reason behind it. Interesting. So Praying Mantis, mm-hmm. who is sort of like a predatory woman yeah. bug. Is she well adjusted, this Praying mm-hmm. Mantis? I mean, as far as human-sized praying mantises go. (laughs) Right. But for a human, I mean. No. Okay. Incan mummy? Awakened Mm. after a 500-year stupor thing? Is she well-adjusted? No. I would say she's pretty batshit crazy. Mm -hmm. What about reformed vengeance demon? Spoiler alert. (laughs) This is a spoiler-heavy episode. That's okay. Um, she, she's not really, like, reformed so much as she gets fired. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not great for her. So well-adjusted on the human-female scale? Uh, Maybe not. not. Maybe not. All right. So, yeah, this is, uh, Xander has a surprising amount of romantic success in this series, but I think Uh, it's all the same. Well, you're forgetting about one thing. And the fact that you left it out means I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I'm interested to see when we get there. I hope she's damaged. Or he. (laughs) Because that's what Xander gets. (laughs) Like, this is the thing, right? People who are dating Xander are dating him because they burn through other people to date so fast. Or other people smell the crazy and want none of it. He's never the first choice. That makes me kind of sad for Xander in a way. He also brings it upon himself by being like, hey, I'm super into you, Buffy. Here's a yours forever bracelet. Oh, look at these hot cheerleaders that I'm ogling right in front of you. That's not not the way to win women. His social slash dating skills are honed by any means. I mean, he doesn't even get with Angie. Angie can smell that that's bad news, I think. Man, God, if that does happen, fuck. Can Angie smell things, though? I think we've had a lot of debate about whether or not he can. (laughs) Who knows? Moving on. (laughs) Empata goes to the bathroom. The girl's bathroom. (laughs) After just having agreed that she will go out on a date with Xander. He does a pretty sweet double take after... Like, he has the same exact same line twice, which is pretty funny, actually. It's a good Mm -hmm. delivery. Mm -hmm. But, you know, she's like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom now because I'm a girl. And who's waiting for her in the bathroom, Dave? Someone who can fucking teleport, that's who. The teleporting pirate. (laughs) How else did he get there? Was he waiting there for her? Yeah, no, at this point, if he's not teleporting, then he just picked a bathroom and he was like, well, let's hope she chooses this one. (laughs) Oh, God. I guess it's just never really made explicit, but it is very clear that he can teleport. Yeah, there's no other explanation at all. Anyway, she gives him a kiss and he dies super quickly and easily. And you're like, wow, is this the point of your life? It is implied in this scene that she's incredibly strong. Yeah. She stops him and then gets him in kind of like a sort of headlock and he can't do anything. Right. And you're kind of like either he's not trying very hard or she's super (laughs) strong. And you know what, Dave? It's probably the strong thing, because later on, she's probably going to have to be just as strong as Buffy. Huh? Exactly as strong as Buffy, yes. Exactly, yes. But Dave, they're both chosen. Do you... (laughs) Wait, are are they both the chosen ones of their respective cultures? Sacrificed in a way metaphorical or otherwise? They didn't want it, Dave. They didn't choose this for themselves. Holy fuck. And this is the next scene. It's Empata talking to Buffy and just retreading this fucking information. Holy God. Also in this scene, though, and more important than any plot stuff that's happening, Empata is taking lipstick advice from Buffy. And I'm like, hey, I know you're a crazy Incan mummy, but do not do this. It's not worth it. She is very bad at lipstick. So I really had kind of a problem with this. 
not only the fact that Buffy tells her to put the gold lipstick on. Let's just, <laughs> let's just... She does say that. <laughs> she does. But Impata is like, oh, hey, Buffy, I don't have any lipstick. But literally one scene ago, when she was in the bathroom and got attacked, <laughs> she was putting lipstick on. <laughs> like, when she got attacked. Huh. So... <laughs> So either she already stole that lipstick from Buffy. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'm not saying this episode makes sense. Buffy's like, oh, no, go with the gold. It's much better. (laughs) God. Uh, Yeah, they have a nice little conversation. Then Xander shows up to take her on a date. And Joyce comes up as they're leaving (laughs) and pours some great salt on the wound for Buffy, who cannot go to the dance. After all, she has to break into the museum with Giles. Instead, has to do weird things. And Joyce is like, what a well-adjusted young girl that Empata is. Two days in America and she's fitting right in. (laughs) Yeah. The implication being that Buffy's just a constant disappointment. Pretty much. Why can't you be more like Empata, Buffy? Oh, it's so good. She's already got an appropriately aged boyfriend. But you know what, Dave? (laughs) She's over 500 years old. Oh, man. And that, as we've established, is old. (laughs) What is with this show? God. Uh... Is Angel in the acceptable dating range for Empata? Because it's half plus seven. No. (laughs) No, not quite. He's 240. Oh, no, he's, fuck, 250, yeah. Yeah, fuck. he's close. 257, yeah, that's what no, she means. No, he's, he's on the south side of creepy. Too bad, Impata. <laughs> like, Impata and the Master, maybe? How old's the Master? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that might work. I don't he's know like how old he's like a thousand. Yeah, yeah, that works. <laughs> I don't know how old the Master is. I mean, you can knock the seven out of there once you get that high, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. it no longer matters. <laughs> I had a moment in this, the previous scene, where I'm like, there's a body in that chest. How has no one <laughs> smelled this? But then I remember that he's mummified. Yeah, he's all desiccated so and stuff. It's it's all good. Yeah, right. Uh, Impata's bags were sent over from the bus station because that's a thing that happens. And Buffy starts to unpack one of them and finds what are clearly boy Boxers. underwear. Yep. And she's confused, but then like moves on with her life immediately yeah. afterwards. It, it's mostly because Impata is digging around in her desk and opens the drawer with all of the vampire killing stuff in it. So she has to lock that situation down pretty fast. Right. It's awkward for everyone. Uh-huh. Right. And then uh, we go to the bronze. And the cultural appropriation dance. Woo! Not at all offensive. <laughs> oh, God. It's <laughs> terrible. Everything about it is so offensive. Sven is wearing like a Viking hat. With horns. Yep. Everything about this is offensive, I think. Uh, Cordy looks amazing. Yeah, because Her she's abs in a bikini. Are so good, though. <laughs> I want your abs. Yeah, this is all insane. She's wearing the Hawaii light bikini, basically. Uh, you pass some people in Asian garb. Oh. Uh, I mean, Impata's wearing some sort of, I don't know, Incan princess-esque it outfit. It looks good. Yeah. It looks great. It's kind of on the nose. Yeah, it's very well done. Good job yeah. there. Um, Willow has made herself a fantastic costume. She That's is dressed amazing. as an Inuit uh, in a fur parka. It's great. She's holding a harpoon. Her harpoon is amazing. Like, everything about this costume is just perfect. She must be absolutely, absolutely dying of, of heat. <laughs> I cannot imagine. Holy fuck. She must be so hot. (gasps) Holy shit. Yeah, no, that's that's not comfortable. 
when she sees, oh, when she sees Impata and Xander, mm. and I mean, sees like Cordelia and everyone else, she's like, oh, maybe I should have worn something sexy. Oh, who is playing at the bronze? Dingo's Ate My Baby! Woo! That is Seth Green's band. Oz yes. is lead guitarist for this band. It's amazing. God, so good. So good. I should state for the record that Seth Green has no relation to either Hank or John Green, the Vlogbrothers. Just get that out there. People might be confused by that, yeah. Probably, yeah. Willow, she's she's sad and like she kind of gets left alone, which is also pretty sad. I liked mm-hmm. that she had to turn her whole body to look around. <laughs> <laughs> they get a lot of good play out of the Willows wearing a ridiculously bulky <laughs> outfit. Yeah, they really do. It's it's pretty great. <sighs> And, of course, we're getting on in the episode. We're at minute, like, I don't know, 32-ish. And so Giles has to show up and figure out the entire plot because they haven't done that yet. He needs more exposition. He hasn't had enough exposition. (laughs) Obviously. So he shows up at Buffy's house and they start talking about things. He's like, oh, yeah, there's bad shit going down. Basically, they figure out the entire plot of the episode within, I don't know, 30 seconds. And Buffy's corroborating, being like, it is weird that she didn't even have lipstick. What's happening? They look through her things. They find the boy clothes. They find the mummified corpse. (laughs) Yeah, that second one's kind of a clue. Yeah, they're doing that thing where apparently Buffy just has like the thickest bedroom walls of all time. (laughs) Because Joyce is already home. Joyce is home. Her and Giles are in her room talking about stuff. And like if Joyce were to realize that the school librarian... We're in her daughter's room? Yeah, Holy he's only shit. at her house at night, but he's in her room with her. This episode has given me the most questions of any episode to date, and we're not even close to done with them yet. I have an entire rant to go through at the end of this episode. Like, I, I'm holy very much shit. looking forward to that. Okay, but yeah, they're like, oh no, Empata's totally the mummy. She can suck life out of other people. She's done it to several other people already. And now Xander and Willow are in grave danger. Buffy has time to make a fucking quip about, oh, I should have known because she didn't even have lipstick. What the fuck, Buffy? Your friends are in grave danger. Grave danger. Okay, can we just think about, like, like the amount of people... That Empata has killed and the time frame in which she had has done it. It's oh my like god. Two a day. Yeah, because she's killed three people already, right? Yeah. And she she's about to need to kill a fourth one, and it's mm-hmm. been a, about 48 hours. Yeah. So that means that every 12 hours she needs to kill someone to stay alive. I wasn't sure whether it would work out like once she got 500 years of life plus change, <laughs> then she would stop needing it. We've thought a lot <laughs> a lot harder about this than we should have. Yeah. Way too much about the lore of the mummy. <laughs> but like that's not it's not sustainable. The amount of people she's gonna have to kill is not sustainable. Sunnydale's a small town, guys. Come on. So back the bronze Oz on stage playing guitar <sighs> sees Willow in her parka and is like, oh hell yeah. <laughs> He's like, who is that girl? And then Dylan is like, oh, <laughs> is that his name? Fuck if no. I know. <laughs> I know what his name is. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't I think even think of Dylan. Oh, I that's so it's good. pretty close to Dylan. <laughs> yeah, you're close. All right. Anyway, yeah, Dylan's he's like, like... He's like, oh, the foreign exchange do with Xander? And then Oz is like, no, the Eskimo. And you're like, you can't say Eskimo. <laughs> no, that's not okay, Oz. <laughs> but, oh, the, the sentiment is nice. It's very nice. Oh, he thinks Willow looks interesting. Willow very much deserves a non-terrible guy who actually likes her for a change and isn't a robo-demon. 
so far, her and Xander have similar track records for dating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we cut back to Buffy and Giles in the G-Mobile. Oh, it's so good. It's which is hilariously slow. <laughs> Mocking him about needing a grown-up <laughs> car one of these days. Oh, man. So good. Yeah, they're zooming towards the museum, but they realize that, like... they So they realize they need to put the seal back together. Mm-hmm. Just I think they're just in the car when they just realize this. Yeah. And they also are like, maybe we should save Xander from <laughs> being murdered by the yeah. mommy. Yeah. I can go either way on that one. So at this point, I started to wonder, can she kiss somebody without sucking the life out of them? That's exactly a note that I have as well. Because she and Xander are getting real touchy-feely on the dance floor. And like, they're about to kiss. I'm like, how will that go? Can you turn this off? And I think what the episode kind of ends up telling us is yes, but if she needs to suck the life out of somebody and she's kissing Xander, maybe it'll be hard for her to resist. Mm-hmm. Because as they're on the dance floor, her hand starts to, to turn, right? <laughs> it's like this clock has struck midnight. <laughs> yeah. Cinderella needs to leave the ball, except she's turning into a horrific mummy instead. And so, so Dave. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm going to take this. Okay. So, Ampata needs to grab a life to drink before she's found out by Xander, a guy that she apparently has feelings for. So she's like, I'll be right back. I need to go powder my nose. Runs away and needs to find someone to kill. She sees a random nameless extra sitting on some stairs dressed as like a safari man or something. I don't know. Takes him back behind some curtains to kiss him. And I'm like, is that, is that, is it Jonathan? Is it? I'm half freaking out because I'm not sure if I should be completely freaking out because I'm right and it is Jonathan or it's not Jonathan and I should just be in no way enthused. It is Jonathan. It's Jonathan. It is Superstar. He's here. (laughs) He doesn't get a name this episode, but he's going to come back a lot. So they they tend to reuse extras Mm -hmm. in this show because... I mean, it gives it kind of more of a sense of cohesiveness if the people at the school are always the same. And so, yeah, the thing that happened with Jonathan is that (laughs) bad things just kept happening to Jonathan. (laughs) And then the fans were like, hey, we like that guy. (laughs) Really? Yeah, yeah, he just sort of... (gasps) ended up we'll see where it goes he he's never major he gets an episode centered around him oh that's so i'm so looking forward to that fuck i'm not sure if i should be i think i should be we have a long time before we get to that (laughs) yeah whatever anyway jonathan's here he's amazing he has not been given a name yet but this premier jonathan cast will be keeping tabs on him don't you worry oz (sighs) and jonathan in one episode can it get any better than this And Willow gives up on Xander. Like, these are the things that make this episode good and worth watching. Ah, nothing else. (laughs) No. So Xander is chasing after Impata. Yeah. He has time to be a dick to Willow on the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we get a quick little scene of poor Sven complaining (laughs) about Cordy. (laughs) Oh, she's such a bitch. Doesn't even think he understands English. And then he's saying, does she even speak English? It's real good. I really feel like we needed that. Sven needed to, like, get back at her. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, then we're at the climax. Giles is trying to assemble the seal at the library, or at the museum. Buffy is hunting a mummy at the bronze. Oz is not able to ask Willow out, despite his best intentions. God, he's so good. I love that he's so small so that you can hide him behind things, too. (laughs) If one of those things is a gigantic Willow (laughs) Inuit costume, then yeah. 
<laughs> you hide you so well behind it. It's so good. <laughs> so they're they're looking for Xander. Uh, he has found Impata, and Jonathan runs away because he's like, I don't want I don't want Xander to be mad at me. Nope. And then, oh, I really hated this. She's like, oh, Xander, I don't deserve you. And he's like, oh, I love you. And you're like, but what? Yeah. What? You've known her 36 hours. But Michaela, I think you're leaving out something very important. You haven't considered the fact that she's very attractive and that she's paying Xander some attention. In Xander's defense, not that he was there for this, but when the bodyguard guy is telling her that she needs to die, she's like, but I'm in love. Mm -hmm. So it's a two-way, creepy, incorrect street. Right. All of this is true. Anyway, mummy runs away. Well, she first she kind of contemplates taking oh, yeah. Xander's life to live. Yeah, she drains him like a little bit of his life force. And then is like, mm, this is actually a bad idea. Let me run away. Well, she realizes that the seal is being reassembled. Oh, yeah, that's true. She has seal seal powers. I don't know. Seal sense. Seal sense. Ugh. Mm-hmm. There's a really, really uncomfortable close-up kissing shot uh, yeah i mean i understand that it's meant to show this is like her her death power it lasts like 30 seconds it's too long and it's too close up mm-hmm. this is where i determined that it seems like she can choose whether or not she wants to use life drain while kissing i think she more just broke away from it maybe because she didn't keep kiss anyway whatever Mummy runs away to the museum to stop the seal from being put back together. (laughs) She has one arm that is totally mummified, and the rest of her is basically fine. Giles is having the time of his life rubber cementing (laughs) that seal back together. It's so good. (laughs) He's like reading the inscriptions and being like, ah, yes, of course, that's where the puzzle piece goes. And uh, it's it's amazing. (laughs) Then he's like, well, just one more piece to put (laughs) back. And Potter shows up, picks up the seal, and smashes it for goodsies. And he's like, oh, oh my hard rubber cementing work. <laughs> oh, damn it. And then, of course, she tries to mummy kiss the G-Man. Mm-hmm. But Buffy ain't having none of that. No, Buffy's having none of that at all. Uh, Buffy and Empata have a fight, and we learn that, yep, mummy is exactly as strong as Slayer in this world, because why not? <sighs> Which doesn't make any sense. Buffy has a very stupid one-liner before this fight starts. Something about the mummy's victims. No, the mummy doesn't kiss and tell. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's disgusting. I hated it. She's quippy in this episode, and I don't she like is. it. Well, it'd be okay if it was good quips. <laughs> yeah, if it were quips that were not preventing her from saving people, I'd be more okay with it. <laughs> Right, because she's like quipping as Giles is being strangled. Or as she's realizing that both Willow and Xander are in grave danger. Right, so the mummy manages to dump both Buffy and Giles into the tomb and close Mm -hmm. it on them. Which feels like an awkward time for them. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Then she goes and she's like, move out of the way, Xander. I need to kiss Willow. And then we can be together for another 12 to 18 hours. She's like, just let me have this one. No, you don't need one. Yeah. I mean, this is like, what, Pringles, Lay's, whatever. I don't know. Can't have just one. And Xander's like, no, you can't kill her. It has to be me. Because he thinks that this girl he's known for less than 48 hours is (laughs) going to choose him. him over her own life. Hey, let's bring this back and say, good job, Xander. You are a good guy when the chips are down, and he will save Willow ten times out of ten. 
That's true. He's always going to save Willow. Always. He will move heaven and hell to save Willow. Nothing about Xander. He's not an inherently bad person in any way. No, not at all. No. He's he just, just selfish and yeah. gross about women. He's a gross teenage boy. Yeah. But I think it's just harder to stomach because he does not look like a teenage boy. No. He looks like a grown man, which he is. Especially wearing his, like, western outfit. He looked... <laughs> He looks so much older. I mean, he looks Very the same old. age as us, Dave. Yeah. Because he is. Anyway, mommy's like, I don't know. If I have to kill you, I will. All right. Come here for a kiss. And then Buffy saves him. The mummy was not quite in time and she reverts back to mummy form just in time mm-hmm. for Buffy to rip her arms off. Yep. Which is pretty great. I gotta say. Yeah, it was pretty great. I like that I love a lot. Xander being held by two <laughs> just disembodied arms. <laughs> and he's like, oh <laughs> no. <laughs> so good. Yeah, he's scarred in a half. And yeah, let's tie a bow on that. Leave the mummy in her arms in the museum and get the F out of here, right? And hey, no, let's not do that quite yet because we have time for one last segment. Oh. Loose Threads. Let us pause to reflect on the sacred mystery of Richie's elder brother, Chuck, who ascended the stairs with his basketball in season one and never came down again. I guess you're referring to what I was just talking about. (laughs) Yes. So the series in general has been very good about tying things up at the end of an episode. So it doesn't leave a lot of hanging questions. Like even when Darcy or Macy or whatever, Margie was uh, invisible, (laughs) she was taken away to like some government facility and everything was tidied up at the end. Most of the time they just have vampires, which turn to dust, leaving no bodies. How many bodies have been left by this one event? That's a good point. Five? Four? So we've got Rodney, who yeah. is presumably still in the mummy case? I can only assume. Impata herself. Yeah. The teleporting pirate. And oh, yeah. Actual and real Impata. Uh, Impata right. guy. So that's four. So we've got four corpses in the space of two days. Impata has a family back in South America where he's from. They're going to have oh, some pretty strong yeah. questions. Do you think some people might have seen the new girl with Buffy and known that this new girl was Impata? Because how the fuck is the family going to call up to the States and be like, hey, our son Impata is missing. Have you seen him? And they're like, your daughter Impata was here. We assumed she left. Oh, wow. I thought we said we weren't going to try Until to now, Michaela, some things cannot be born. <laughs> Like, I really would like to see the next episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer just be about cleanup from this episode. (laughs) Nothing would make me happier than to see that play out. Because there is so much police involvement. There are federal agencies involved at this point. And they are not going to take kindly to this shit. Yeah, no, you make a very good point about... Like, and everyone in Sunnydale, you know, they die all the time. No big sure. deal. But that foreign exchange student, oh yeah. boy. They defiled some museum stuff as well. Like, the seal is broken. There's a couple extra corpses <sighs> that the museum didn't ask for. How? What's Buffy going to do with the corpse that is right now in her house? Yeah. She's going to Breaking Bad it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, man, that's gross. <laughs> but that would be amazing. That's what I want to see next episode. <laughs> where they're like, fuck, hide all of these bodies. Get a replica of the seal. Hope no one notices. Ah, it'd be so good. Yeah, that does not happen, I'm assuming. 
But that's my loose threads for this episode. I don't know if there's anything uh, you wanted to say. Well, uh, we get a quick little scene at the end, and Buffy is wearing... It's amazing. It's my favorite episode, uh, outfit this episode. It's a it's a purple halter dress. I think it's yep. a dress and literally the same color shoes. Oh. <laughs> the shoes are exactly the same color. Oh, that's amazing. And How do you even find that? A leopard print handbag, if I'm saying this know. correctly. Yeah. It's and great. some nice sunglasses on her head. Of course. Oh boy. Yeah, they have a nice little button about like, oh, the creepy mummy and I are exactly alike. And it's like, well, no, you've got some differences, I guess. But yeah, you're basically the same. But how, Dave? How are they alike? They're both the chosen one. <laughs> it's never that funny how annoyed you are. God, they just fucking drive it into the ground so hard this episode. You've turned me around. I When I watched this, I was having fun with my magician. And now look what you've done to me. I made you remember what happened. Yes. You remembered Magician Oz Jonathan, and you were like, damn, I love this. That was a great episode. (laughs) That would be a good episode, yeah. Does not happen. But no, unfortunately, this is the episode we got. Mm -hmm. So, Dave. Yes. If we're done with this, the next one Uh is called Reptile Boy. No. What? No. What? Why? Why is it what? called Reptile Boy? What are we doing here, guys? Doesn't it sound like it's going to be amazing? No, it doesn't. It sounds like it's going <laughs> to follow with some assembly required, which is Frankenstein, mm-hmm. and then Inca Mummy Girl, which is exactly what it says on the tin, and then Reptile Boy, which I'm assuming ditto. Like, fuck, this is not season one. Don't do Monster of the Week anymore. <laughs> We're going to get out of this, I promise you. Okay. It's just not going to be next episode. Ah, <laughs> uh, Fuck. Just to give you some perspective, Inca Mummy Girl is the 15th lowest, like, it's 15 from the bottom. It's not the worst episode ever. It's got some problems, but it's not the worst. But, yeah. like, 15 from the bottom is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, out of 144 episodes, that's not good. The episode below it is Reptile Boy. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> and then three episodes below that is Some Assembly Required. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, All right. Well, fuck. It's in. <laughs> I'm sorry. <sighs> I'm sorry, but, but it's going to be okay. Yeah, they're going to get good. This season overall is good, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We're going to get there. We just need more time. All right. I don't remember anything about Reptile Boy. I'm not looking forward to it. We'll see what happens. I'm not going to tell you anything about it. No. You know. Let me just tell you that 2.6 is going to be good. Okay. Okay. It goddamn better be. There's, there's a light. Buffy does this thing, like the series does a thing, it seems, at least in the first season and a half, where it's like good episode has to be followed by some bad ones. Like there's real peaks and then they just hit hard valleys. And I guess that's what we're happening. Season two is probably the worst for that, where it is, it, it is either like pretty great or pretty not great. <laughs> I mean, again, in terms of like a Buffy episode. Yeah. So. Still enjoyable, but yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't watch this and think to myself, oh, I just wasted an hour of my time. No, no. But I also was like, I don't want to have to watch that again anytime soon. I would rather watch many other episodes of this show before that. Mm -hmm. So top outfit of the episode, Michaela? Oh, definitely the the halter matching shoes. Absolutely. There's some good contenders from this episode, though. It's not bad. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that wraps it up for us here at Welcome to the Hellmouth. If you want to reach out to us, this episode will be posted on the Buffy Reddit. That's buffy.reddit.com. You can also email us at beyondvanu.hellmouth at gmail.com or welcomehellmouthpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to us personally about the things that we've said on this show, you can contact us on our personal YouTube accounts. Mine is now YouTube see me, Michaela. Watch Michaela make magic. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for us. Farewell from the, the hell house. Hellmouth. Hellmouth. Hellmouth.